what I write, but way out at the fringe. And this is not unique to the United States. Take, say, Britain. Right now there's interesting debates in the British literary journals, like the Times Literary Supplement, as to whether Britain should finally begin to recognize the genocidal, the word that's used, genocidal character of British colonization hundreds of years ago. Should Israel, should Britain begin to face it? You know, you can ask that question in many places. Uh, the tendency of the uh, intellectual community to go along like a herd in support of state power, private power, is just overwhelming. Uh, we t intellectuals like to think of themselves as dissident, critical, courageous, standing up against power. Absolutely untrue. You look at the historical record, that's a small fringe, and they're usually punished. The mainstream tends to be uh, what was once called a herd of independent minds marching in support of state power. Nothing new here. Unfortunate, you have to fight against it, not new. That was Professor Naum Shamsky with portions of a speech he delivered at the United Nations a few years ago on Christian Zionism and other topics. And that does it for the show today. Thanks for listening. This is Saeed, executive producer and host of Arab Voices. Until we meet next week, peace on earth. You are listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM and KBOO.FM online. When the farmer comes to town with his wagon broken down, the farmer is... Tune in to The Dirt Bag every second Wednesday of the month at 11 a.m. Learn to grow your tasty fruits and vegetables in your home garden. There is a monthly garden stumper, calendar of gardening events. You can even call in with your gardening questions. That's The Dirt Bag every second Wednesday, 11 to 12 a.m. That's on K-B-O-O Portland. Portland. Listen, Listen, laugh, laugh learn. learn. The farmer is the man that feeds them all. Hey, Michael here. I'm with the Tin Can Phone Podcast, a radio show where you can hear about the influence incarceration has straight from the source. We tell you the story from the inside out. So make sure to check us out on KBU Community Radio every first Tuesday at 10 a.m. Hi, I'm Corey Doctorow, and you're listening to KBU Portland. You're listening to KBOO Portland. The following program is a rebroadcast. For all of KBOO's archived audio, please visit our website at kboo.fm. The more compassion we have towards animals, the more compassion we're going to have towards other people. If you can value them all, you, you really value yourself as well. So even if you don't care about animals, the, the things we do that hurt animals end up hurting ourselves. It's almost kind of a dominion 
type issue where we feel we need to control everything. Dominion means stewardship to take care of. What would a cow think about satisfying our habit? The challenge lies with looking at suffering from the perspective of the person or individual suffering. Welcome to Voices for the Animals. This is Dab Stedman, your host, and my guest today is Scott Porter, entrepreneur and dog lover. We'll be talking about his unique business concept that's a win-win for both Scott's clientele and the animals he cares so much about. Hello, Scott. Thanks for coming on the program today. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Let's start by hearing a little bit about yourself and and why and how you've decided to take on something totally different at this point in your life. Well, I've been living in Portland for uh, over 20 years now, and about four years ago, um, I've noticed a proliferation in tap rooms, and my wife encouraged me to open a tap room, but after researching that, I wasn't just interested in having a bar. And then uh, about six months after that, I actually walked into the local cat cafe here in town, and I noticed just the hybrid business of the adoptable cats with the coffee shop and my son mentioned something about dogs and I put that together with my wife's idea about a tap room and I said you know hmm adoptable dogs in a tap room would be something that I would have a lot of fun with and so from that simple idea that's where this started almost three years ago wow so the light bulb went off at yes. that point yeah yes. yeah that's yeah. great that's great well um can you describe for us a little bit more about the new enterprise that you'll be launching soon sure so initially from just the simple idea of having dogs into a tap room the next step that i did was i really i wanted to research about bringing in dogs from out of state, primarily California, because Oregon is a zero kill state. So most of the adoptable dogs from that come into Oregon are coming from California. So I called up Kathy Nishak, who is the founder and executive director for the Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals, and I just had a simple cup of coffee with her. And in speaking with her, I realized that there was an enormous need for somebody to provide some sort of funding to a charity because she mentioned as to how much time that she as a charity executive director spent so much time trying to raise money and it distracted from raising dogs. And so from that cup of coffee, it really got me to thinking that perhaps instead of just doing a bar with adoptable dogs, perhaps I could incorporate something in to provide some of that revenue to a charity like Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals so that I could make their life a little bit easier and actually partner with them to raise money and to promote their mission. What a fantastic idea. And where did the name Fido come from? I know, you know, dogs are typically, in cartoons at least, named Fido, but does this have some special meaning for you? It does. Uh, Fido, for me, was is a dog from World War II. And uh, the the name goes back to a Latin meaning, which means I trust or I am faithful. 
But the Fido that I named this bar after is from Italy. And during 1941, World War II, there was a dog in Italy, and its master was uh, killed in a bombing raid at a factory. And for the next 5,000 days, that dog, which was a stray, that dog went back to the bus stop waiting for his master to return. He went back for 14 years. Oh, my gosh. And the city, the town, and the country still revere that dog today. And so that's how I came up with the name Fido's. Well, it's well chosen, definitely. Thank you. Um, so um, when we were talking outside of this program before, uh, at least emailing back and forth, you said that there is a big assumption that underlies um, whether this novel business concept will be successful or not. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it is, an, it is a brand new concept. And the assumption is is that I, I love dogs. I gain so much uh, attention and joy from dogs. And while I was developing this idea, I just thought to myself, I was looking at videos and charities from all over the world, and the evolution of this to where I'm really pushing for the charitable donations grew from my research and looking at all these videos online. And the big assumption that I'm making is that I hope that patrons and other people will enjoy a bar that, whose entertainment is dogs and the charities. So I'm looking to make the charities and promoting them as part of the entertainment of the bar. Well, I know Courtney and I would uh, find that very entertaining, and I, I'm sure a lot of other people I, will I do too. Hope so. yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, since you've made your commitment to go forward with Fido's Tap House, which you are billing as the world's first it is. dog it is. tap house. I don't know anybody okay. else that's doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what steps have been necessary to take to make it actual ha actually happen? I know that you said that you spoke with um, Kathy Nichek from um, Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals, but there have been some other people uh, inside and outside of the animal community here that you've consulted with and have helped you as well. Well, yes. I've I've talked with many charities to see if they would be receptive to this same type of idea. I've talked with a, a Patty Lover, Inc., a Fences for Fido. I've talked with the Animal Farm Foundation out in New York. They are primarily a pit bull advocacy charity, which just does incredible work. I've also spoke with uh, Project Pooch down in uh, Woodburn, and they have an incredible program pairing up shelter dogs with incarcerated youth mm. at the McLaren Youth oh, Correctional yes. Facility. And the results that they have from teaching these young boys and men to uh, make a shelter dog uh, more adoptable has incredible uh, results for uh, bringing these kids back into society. So it was all these groups that I started talking with, which really created my emotion that, that was thinking, you know, I think this could really be something to where we make this as the highlight of a commercial business. And so it was from those things that there is, of course, all the operational challenges of 
creating the business. Um, Beaverton. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about those in a a little while. But yeah, yeah. Well, I know you've done your homework because I think you told me for nine months straight, pretty much, you know, it's not all you did, but practically every single day you were watching videos of dogs and, you know, contacting different people. And you've put a lot of time and effort and thought into this process. It has consumed me. It has consumed me. So uh, I I have hundreds of videos uh, lined up. And it was it's just fascinating for me because I've looked at videos from charities all over the world. And the depth of which people use dogs to benefit society and to help people has just it's just been simply amazing and i just want to incorporate that as part of of fidos okay so you're actually going to be showing some videos you know um at the tap house Uh, there is videos uh from from a licensed perspective i'm i have to be limited in into what i say about that because there are some licensed perspectives from it but yes uh we're not the mission statement that we have is to provide a fun, welcoming, and educational social environment that inspires people to adopt homeless dogs. So that's your mission statement. That is the much. mission yeah. statement. Mm-hmm. It is about the dogs. It doesn't say anything about beer, even though we're going to have 40 taps for, for beer and wine. But it's got nothing to do with beer. It's about inspiring people to appreciate dogs and to make it w- more well-known that there's a homeless dog challenge out there in the United States and around the world. Great, great. And uh, you told me also outside of this program that uh, <clears throat> you have run your own businesses for about 20 years yes. prior. Yes. Uh, and so how does your experience, you know, that you're bringing with you, how does that inform this new enterprise? It's uh, coming at a great time because running a Eating and drinking establishment is one of the most challenging businesses that you can operate. So the the systems, the policies, the staff that you hire, the customer service that you have to provide is critical for the success of this barn, uh, a restaurant, for any business, but particularly in the eating and drinking establishment. So I I have been self-employed for over 20 years, yes. Okay, and then how did you go about finding the right space? What what considerations did you have in mind? That was a challenge. I bet. I had some generic standard things in mind around 2,500 square feet. I wanted access to the highway. I wanted uh, a patio. But to find a landlord that was willing to accept dogs that were going to sleep in the building overnight, that was a challenge. I imagine there's some liability issues. There is liability issues, but the biggest thing that most of the landlords were concerned about is the potential for the the noise, for the dogs to be barking while there's other tenants in the building. So that was definitely a challenge. And then also the zoning, the land use codes in Beaverton and Tiger. I, I live in Beaverton, and I actually sought a space in Beaverton first, but their land use codes would not allow this type of a hybrid business. They Initially, they tried to force me to be a kennel, which there's no way you could have a kennel in, like, Cedar Hill Shopping Mall. Right, and serving beer and wine. And serving <laughs> beer and wine, yeah. So that didn't work. But I found a space in Tigard, and then I found 
I, I expressed this idea to the Tigard Economic uh, Development Council there, and they got together and they very quickly said, we understand that your hybrid business does not fit into our zoning codes, that they would have to be updated, but we have all agreed that we're going to categorize you for these two codes, which would allow you to operate basically anywhere that you want. It must have been some so they were a- very, animal lovers on yes, that committee they were committee very receptive. Well. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. great. So, you know, other steps you had to take, you had to find someone to help you set up a website and your logo and your social media. And there was a lot of steps in this because um, just in starting any new business, there's there's a lot of operational things that you have to come up with. But because it was an eating and drinking establishment, I immediately started researching the bar and the restaurant industry, which I have not done before. I've, I've had a sales and marketing company, and I had a, a different company that had up to 28 employees. So I do understand the systems, but I have never done a bar and restaurant before. And in doing that research, I realized that it was critical to have the systems in place for doing that. Cisco Foods was a really big help, and I've also used an online website called restaurantowner.com, which has extensive knowledge and experience that's really been helpful for uh, setting this up. And on top of all that, now you're supervising the construction as well. The construction has been going on since August, and it's been very busy. And right now we're in the painting phase, and we're going to be bringing in the uh, countertops and the sills and the windows and all the furniture's coming in in the next six weeks or so. Okay, great. It's time to take a short break now, so everybody, please stay tuned. listening to Voices for the Animals. We've been talking with Scott Porter about his plan to open a combination dog adoption center and taproom business in the Portland area called Fido's Tap House. Scott, a big part of your plan uh, is to support animal charities with the profits from the taproom. Which ones will benefit and how did you go about selecting them? Well, as I mentioned before, there has been an an, an an evolution to the concept that I've created here, and charities have begun become a, a really important part of my vision for Fido's. I did not, I don't have an interest in just opening one bar and just opening another bar. There's plenty of bars out there that you can go and watch sports and all that, and so. I really felt that if I could make an impact to provide like a charity arm, a donation arm to charities, that over the long run, other entrepreneurs would probably start copying my idea. Some of them would want me to help them open maybe their own Fido's or something like that. But I really felt that much like PetSmart is the adoption arm for a lot of rescue groups, I thought, you know, Fido's has the potential to be the donation arm for these rescue groups. That's fabulous, yeah. And how do you go about selecting? What Do you have a criteria uh, set, you know, or 
kind of just the go criteria with right yeah. now is pretty basic <laughs> because again I haven't done this before and we've been working through it but right now we we partner with Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals they will be providing the dogs to us and uh, so they are going to be one of the primary charities that we're helping on a consistent basis because they are partnering with us. That makes sense. However, we're going to raise money for any type of charity that is related to dog welfare. So it doesn't have to be rescue. I mean, we talked about fences for Fido. I've also spoke with Larry Chesed of the Pongo Fund. Yeah, it's I know like Larry the only well. food yeah. bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, in meeting him, I was just fascinated by his story and the information behind why he started the Pongo Fund. And it's just been wonderful. But that in itself, his group keeps dogs out of shelters. So I want to raise money for that. So we have a large wall. Yes, I was going to ask you. We have a really your, big wall. Your charity at, wall? Yeah. Yes, okay. and we're calling it Kiko's Heroes. Now, Kiko is a stray rescue dog. When people come in, they're going to see this really large photo of this beautiful 11-month-old golden uh, retriever, a lab, and she's going to be front and center on the wall. She's a rescue. She got her home. But uh, uh, surrounded by her, there's going to be posters of all these different dog charities and what I'm asking charities to do if they want to get into the rotation for the donations all they need to do is send me a poster with some basic formatting most most charities are sending me something that would fit into a 20 by 30 uh, uh, picture frame and they just need to send me a Photoshop file I'll print it out for them so it really I don't want it to cost them anything I'll print out the photo, I'll pay for the frame, and then I'll put it on my wall, and then they're in the rotation. And they get free advertising, publicity They will get well. free advertising. I would love to get some videos from them, and we can do a special to have the charity come in, and the patrons can learn about the charity. Uh, we can do dog demonstrations. If it's something like Project Pooch, I would love to get one of their graduates from McLaren in there with a dog to hear from that youth as to why that dog made such an impact upon their lives. I love this idea of having these um, agencies and groups um, make make a personal appearance and, and give a presentation. Uh, I'm yeah. super excited about it just because of the wide range of dogs out there. There's conservation dogs, PTSD dogs, there's dogs that can det- detect cancer, uh, even well poop. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if there'll be too much uh, call for that, but yeah, yeah, great. Okay, let's talk uh, in a little bit more detail about your daily operations at the Tap House. Uh, you said that the dogs at this point are all going to be coming from um, the animal shelter um, out in um, Oregon, Ofasa. Yes, yes. Okay. And uh, and that they will actually stay there, be housed there at night. Um, now, let me ask you if, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if if there's a dog who's been with you at your tap house for a long time and is just not being adopted, will you um, return that dog to the shelter and bring another one out in its place? Uh, we don't foresee that as an issue because we have some controls in place for screening the dogs initially mm-hmm. before they ever get to us. But, yes, if something like that happens, we have to accommodate a wide range of situations potentially. But we're going to screen all the dogs for medical, for behavior. 
Uh, initially, we're probably just going to limit everything to some some pretty small dogs, the Chihuahuas and the Terriers and things like Who that. Who are quite adoptable, so yes. to speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's some realities within the adoption industry also that, that make for bringing up small okay. dogs as well. And how many pooches can you house there at the Tap House um, at once? As this is proof of concept, we're, going, we're self-limiting ourselves to six at this point. Uh, we might fluctuate a little bit above and below that. But um, right now we're going to have six. Okay, and as the way that I understand it, um, in your um, in your space at the Tap House, there's a special playroom. Yes, and and uh, so I call it a day room. A, a day room. But so, that day okay. room is the charity arm for the business. So the health code and the health department had a requirement that there's only one way to get into that day room and that is to physically walk outside the building take a quick return and then you can go back in on the from the patio okay so a separate entrance so to so, speak so yeah though mm. so the dogs cannot physically go into the eating and drinking area unless they walked outside and came right back in okay so let's say someone hears about your business and they come in the front door and they have a beer or a glass of wine or something and they say and then do they tell you I would like to um, see your dogs here. Yes, there's going to be an online appointment system that people can come in and book the spots because we will limit to about 10 people as to how many people can go into that room. There's, of course, some basic procedures that people have to follow when they're going to be introduced to a dog. Um, No beer in the room, though. We're not going to allow people to take beer or alcohol into the room good idea yeah good idea now will will the agencies that are going to benefit from the tap house um, proceeds uh, will they be providing some kind of volunteers to help out with um, that's optional these, these for interactions them. yeah it is optional for them um, the system is to initially get the charity's posters on the wall, then they're in the rotation, and then on a monthly basis, we'll take three posters off the wall and we'll put them above the the day room so that when a patron comes in and they want to spend an hour in the in the room, that's a charitable item. Perhaps they want to buy a T-shirt. We're going to have the T-shirts are going to have some donation money incorporated in to the sale cost of that. So when people do these things, we will ask them, we'll point to the wall and say, well, so which of those three charities would you like your donation to go to? Fabulous. So at the end of the month, we'll just count up the tick marks as to who voted for which charities and we'll appropriately divide up the money that month to send to them as a donation. That's a great way to handle that. Very good idea. Okay. Um, generally, when someone's adopted, um, adopting a dog, there's some kind of screening process to make sure that yes. they are really going to be good parents to that dog. Yes. Um, yes. And so have you thought about that aspect of we it? We are adhering to all the adoption procedures and rules that is from the charity, so Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals. They've been doing this for about 15 years. Kathy's been doing it for 25, I believe. But they have some very specific procedures. We'll follow those adoption procedures and try to keep people informed about that process. But then ultimately, the adoption is strictly between the patron and Ofasa. We will have nothing to do with the final say because we're fostering the dogs. The dogs are not ours. 
They are OFASAs. So the final transaction and approval does occur between the patron and the charity. Okay, great. I think that'll work out very well. And Scott, I know this is very hard to believe, but not everybody is a dog lover. So, um, uh, but but I think you just really uh, spoke to this before. Uh, since um, someone who is interested in adopting would have to go into the special um, playroom with, with the um, uh, the separate entrance. So regular patrons or people who aren't interested in adopting will just come in and enjoy a yes. beer, a glass of wine. You don't have to. You don't have to adopt. You don't have to. You don't have to adopt. You don't have to go in there to spend time with the dogs. You can actually sit outside the room and just view from the inside. Uh, we do charge people to go into the room, but the whole bar is dogs. There's not going to be one beer sign. So, I mean, if you really don't like dogs, I'd, we'd still like you to come in, but it's a temple to dogs. <laughs> I, li- <laughs> yeah. I like how you say that. Okay. And, um, you know, since, of course, you know, the business is what is going to be supporting these adoptions and um uh, supporting some some local charities as well. I'm sure our listeners would like to hear about the types of food and drink that will be available there. Sure, yeah, sure. So because it is my first bar and restaurant, I purposely did not go with the full-blown kitchen. There's a lot of requirements for the ventilation system, so I don't have fryers, I don't have the grills and all that, but we do have a sophisticated oven that we're going to be able to do some hot plates we're going to do some chicken teriyaki. We'll we'll do some baked wings. We'll do some hot sandwiches, lots of different salads. So there's there's a good variety of food, but it's not like walking in and getting a, a, a burger on the grill. Of course not. That's yeah. not what, yeah. you know, what it's all about. Yeah. All right. We're um we're winding down on our time here. So um what I wanted to ask you about is your grand opening. When will it be and will there be any kind of special promotions or activities planned around We have those coming up. The grand opening is going to be on Monday, February 12th. We will be open before that. That's called the soft opening, but we don't announce that ahead of time because I need to give my staff a chance to ramp up towards the to, to the grand opening. So we don't have a planned guest list, but typically what I have contacted some organizations to say, could you bring a dog here to do tricks? We'd love to have some different type of therapy therapy dogs, perhaps a police canine dog. Uh, we have one charity that's a search and rescue group. They've already said they'd li- like to come over. So maybe we'll have a search and rescue demonstration. We'd love to get the mayor of Tigard. So there's so many different things that we can plan and we, we want to incorporate it. It all sounds opening. like great yeah. fun. So yeah. give us your location of the business and um, and your website information. Okay, so the address is 7700 Southwest Dartmouth Street in Tigard, number 110. It's in the Walmart parking lot. They are our landlord, and we're in within the Verizon building. People will see the Verizon building. We're in that same building just at the opposite end. There's a great outdoor patio to bring your own dog. And a big sign that says Fighters Tap House. And a big dog that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. big sign there. Okay, okay, great. Scott, it looks like we've run out of time now. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It was wonderful. And we hope that Fido's Tap House will be a great success for both you and all the adoptable doggies you'll be bringing there. thank you. Okay. This is Deb Stedman saying thanks to all of our listeners as well. To hear any of the Voices for the Animals podcast, just go to the station's website at kboo.fm and look for our audio programs page. And please plan to tune in again next month. 
Until then, remember that you too can be a voice for the animals. The preceding program was produced at KBU Community Radio in Portland, Oregon. More audio can be found online at kboo.fm.